The world suffered so much during the COVID-19 pandemic since 2019. Until now, many people died and are still dying, either by pan pandemic effects or cancer, heart failure, car accident, stress, murder, or what is called natural causes. The fact is people have experienced physical death from the time in memorial. Yes, from the time of Abel and Cain, the province of Limpopo was not immune to that, was not immune to the mass funerals of believers, Christians, caused by the pandemic or any other illness we have. Mukopani, our own town, Makwilere, also our location, has experienced many losses of our loved ones, Christians, pastors, so-called prophets, apostles, so-called bishops, during the time of the COVID pandemic. We have lost many. But the major challenge that I'm bringing to you today and that is facing the world, it is not physical health. It's not of physical matters. No. The murder, the major pandemic is the ignorance or misinformation or uninformed about the realities about death and what happens after it has occurred. That is the major pandemic that is facing the world. This might be because of being fed of lots of unbiblical worldly view information or just ignoring the knowledge that is provided to us by the ancient prophets and apostles. Yes, the ancient word that we sang about, the scripture, the Bible. That is the challenge, the major challenge of, of the world, of ignoring and misinformed Prophet Isaiah attested to this when he said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. It carries its meaning, the principle that the lack of knowledge of God leads to men to reign. Yes, even when it comes to matter of physical death, experienced by all living people, inclusive of Christians and non-Christians. That is why this church should be informed and not be ignorant of the truth about the truth of death and death of the Christians, the physical death that we can experience and will experience. The church must be aware of the end times events 
called eschatological events, which is the destiny of the death of a believer. And of course, yes, others will speak about them in the future. But for today, the realities of eschatological times started with this chronological order from our, our faith as Christ Baptist Church. We believe that it is started with first by Messiah coming on this earth, followed by his crucifixion, death and resurrection, and then his physical but glorified body ascension to heaven. Then after that, the, the rapture, which of course there's no word used or the word itself is not visible in the Bible, but it's talked about, which I'm about today. And we believe that after rapture, there will be seven years of seven years of tribulation that is mainly meant for Israel or the Jews. Then from there we believe that immediately after those seven years there will be Christ will be coming down on earth for a second time. Then from there the beginning of 1,000 years. We call it millennium years. Where Christ will rule with his universal church. Then immediately after that we know that there will be judgment of those who will be on earth. Those who will be from the Hades and those who might be alive. Sinners, non-believers. Then, at the end, is the eternal kingdom. That is the overview that I wanted to give before we get into the sermon today. So, church, these are realities. Past and coming realities. So, do not be scared or troubled, but be encouraged and admonish one another about these realities. I have taken a decision to encourage you about these last days, about this eschatological event. But I'll first focus on the one that is coming, that might be imminent, that is imminent. Christ has come, he has, cruci has been crucified, resurrected, ascended. What has to come now? It is the catch up of believers, the whole church, to join the universal church of God and to spend seven years in heaven with Christ, receiving the reward. So what is imminent now is what I will focus on. For today. So brothers and sisters, come with me 
Let us feed ourselves with one of these letters. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 to 18. But we do not want to, to be uninformed, ignorant brothers, about those who are asleep, that we may not grieve as others do, who have no hope, the non-believers. Why? For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep those who have experienced physical death verse 15 for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise. First. The dead in Christ will rise. First. The other text says the the fallen asleep will rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Verse 18. Therefore, Encourage one another with this word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, imperfect as we are. Acknowledge your presence. Acknowledge your guidance. Acknowledge the truth of your word. That yes, Lord, one day, as it is our hope, you will be coming back again. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit should continue to illuminate those who are listening to this week. Father, we thank you for this the day that you have made. Open their eyes and ears and their minds and their hearts for them to understand and myself to understand and to present this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, I've titled this message The Four Realities of, of Christian Death Not to Be Ignored. I'm saying this because I'm saying this because most of our messages the truth of God, ignorance and misinformation about death of believers has destabilized the hope and the faith of Christians. 
every day, every night, we bury people. And some of them are Christian, people are destabilized by that. By the ignorance and the misinformation or the not being informed. So I've titled this message, Four Realities of Christian Death Not to Be Ignored. They not to be ignored at all. And to simplify it, I've done characterize it with the four realities that I'm going to present to you. The reality of Christian death. It is a reality that someday will depart, will fall asleep. The second reality is the Christian's resurrection. That is a reality. It will happen. The third reality is the reality of Christian being caught up on air with glorified bodies, changed bodies. Some text says spiritual bodies, but does not mean they will not be physical. It just implies that they will be glorified bodies. And that's generally called rapture. Rapture. To be caught up in him. Then the fourth year reality that will come to pass is that the physical presence with the Lord. Reality of Christian being in the physical presence with the Lord in heaven. And those are the four elements, four realities that I'm going to lead you with today. Without a waste of time, let's go to verse, to the text, and let's deal with it. But we do not want you to be uninformed, ignorant, brothers, about those who are asleep, who you may not grieve, as others do, who have no hope. That you may not grieve, as others do, who have no hope. We can easily observe that Paul was worried and troubled by the ignorance of the church in Thessalonica. This was pre predominantly caused by the persecution which was upon the church at that time. Remember that the church in Thessalonica, if you read Acts chapter 17, you will find out that Paul was there for about three weeks, three Sundays, in synagogue, preaching, presenting the word of God to the church in Thessalonica. And you could understand that he may have touched the issue of eschatological events or the end times. And you realize for three weeks that might not be enough. Remember, when he preached that, he lived because there was half of created in course there and he went to, to another area. So these are the people that he seems to encourage to deal with the ignorance, to deal with the persecution and the grieving of, of, of those who, because Christians were killed by that, they were tortured. So he was dealing with the grief and he was reminding them that uh, they should not grieve 
like the world. And he's doing that because he's thinking about the perspective of the coming of Jesus Christ. And that is why he's saying, as a believer, as a Christian, that should not be the end for you. Hence, you cannot grieve like any other person who loses loved ones. It is clear in this letter that Apostle Paul was encouraging and arguing the church despite the bereavement and persecution in the view of the coming of Christ. There were heavenly and painful grieving. Yes, Paul is calling us to grieve, but we must grieve with the knowledge of Christ's coming, with the knowledge of us being resurrected, with the knowledge of us being with the Lord. Church, we should not be ignorant of the foundational truth that we will not die, we will die one day, but not like believers, not like non-believers. We should not be ignorant of that day. That yes, it is a reality that will pass on, but not like non-believers. Hence, they don't have hope. We have hope. But the first of our reality is many Christians will die and will undergo physical death. The reality of Christians' death. But the word asleep that you find in the text generally comes from the Greek word komom, koimom, meaning deceased or dead. But the Greek word that Paul is using is komesis, meaning taking rest, tranquil, or recline, or asleep. This is the favorite term that Paul uses, which is, is the meaning of the asleep that you see in your text. Christians do not die, but they are asleep. Their body dies. Remember that. The body dies, but their soul do not die. Their soul goes to heaven where Christ is. And we call it heaven. Where Christ seated on the right hand of the Father. So when a Christian, when the soul parts from the physical body, the body decomposes as it is buried. But the soul immediately transit, go directly to heaven to be with the Lord. That's the difference between us believers, Christian, and the non-believers. The non-believers, when their soul departs from the body, they go to an area called the Hades. The Hades is a place of torment until judgment. This is not a pagan meaning that refers to internal sleep, like sleeping forever in symmetry, which is not a reality. The pagan believes that when you die, then you sleep forever. This is not. This is, this is not the heresy that people are preaching out there. What is the reality is that the soul does not die. It lives forever it lives forever 
leaving the body outside the body but with the Lord if you are a Christian the other reality is that the physical body dies and I want to emphasize again verse 13 but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope who are these others? These others refers to the people of the world. The people who believe physical death is the end of life. Meaning there's no hope for them. They don't believe that after physical death there's nothing. So that's why you see them running around trying to make themselves. This is their last life. But not with Christians. This is the end to when that. That's the only thing they have. They are non-believers. Those who have rejected Christ as the Lord and Savior. But Apostle Paul put it this way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Just listen to him. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immorality, immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, the drunkards, nor the revelers, nor swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. No. Those are not part of the church of Christ. These ones will not be caught up, will not be raptured, as we say. Apostle John also expressed through the writing of Revelation 22 from 14 to 15. And he also put it nicely this way. He says, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may, know, they may have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside, outside, brothers and sisters, outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Brothers, we are very fortunate that God has called us to himself. The Holy Spirit is busy sanctifying us. We won't be outside. Church, we are Christian, not these others without hope. We are heads of the living God through Christ Jesus. We are children of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We grieve for our loved ones, but not like others who do not believe in physical resurrection of the body of the Christians. Yes, brothers and sisters, we should not be ignorant of the fact that we are not of this world. We are not citizens of the fallen world. Yes, we'll die someday, but the reality is we shall continue to live even after our bodies die. 
That's what Jesus Christ said in John 11 verse 25 when we are speaking to Martha and Mary. In reality, Christians will experience physical death, but it is not the end, but a beginning of a new world, a new thing, the new world order of a Christian. So death is not the end for us. The reality is you shall resurrect. You shall resurrect. The second reality that I want us to know of the four that we mention is that you shall resurrect. Verse 14 says, For we, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have experienced physical death, the Christians. That is a very important reality. We shall resurrect. Paul's inclusion of himself here, which need, need, I need to clarify, there is a we there shows that the coming of Jesus Christ will, with all other Christians who died before, will happen when he stills alive. That shows the imminence of this event. He <coughs> will realize that he, this we is, is repeating itself in verse 14, twice in verse 15, twice in verse 17. He continued to use it as, as the pronoun to reflect himself being part of that, but also generally as part and part of the clear sentencing. Paul also said in this letter to the Philippians, in chapter 3, 2021, but our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, let me repeat that. Christians, brothers and sisters, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it is we wait, await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The Lord Jesus Christ said also in Mark 13, from verse 32 to 33, he said this, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, not the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. What is that calling us? As we are going to be resurrected, when that day comes, we should be ready. We should be ready as we continue to come to church, as we continue to love one another, as we continue living the life pleasing to the Lord, a life worth living. We should be ready by that time. And as you continue to read verse 14, there is a word, if or since, that brings a conditional clause if you believe 
believe what? That Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again. So also will those who died believing in him will rise again so they can be taken to heaven with the Lord. So there is a condition, brothers and sisters. You need to believe. There's no one who will be resurrected and go to heaven who does not believe. Only believers, only the church will join the church, the universal church of God. No one. That's why I'm calling for you to live a life worthy that, that pleases God, that is full of love, that is full of sacrifice. When Paul told us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, he's calling us not to miss the resurrection. No. My prayer is that none of you in this church should miss that part. Because if you miss it, you'll be part of the second resurrection that's meant to, to meet the devil in hell. So the church conditions that you need to believe that Christ came to this world, preached to the, to the world, crucified, killed, buried, woke up on the third day, resurrected, came and preached to his beloved disciples and ascended. You need to believe that. If you don't, you might not be part of this church. Brothers and sisters, we should also believe that the Lord promised us. Jesus said himself, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, referring to himself. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I'm, I am, you will also be with me. Ah, what a wonderful message promised by the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. People think that the Lord is just seated on the right hand of the Father, doing nothing. He said he's prepared a place for those who believe in him. He's interceding. He's our advocate. And through him, by him, with him, everything was created. And also that when you go to Christ with him and live with the Lord and his Father, it is through him. I am the truth, the way and the life. That's what he said. It is time that the church must wake up and know that this event is imminent. The event that is continually called rapture is imminent any day, any time. And it's a, it's a call upon us to encourage each other not to be ignorant of that event. It's coming. And let's go back to verse 14 again. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
Firstly, let us look at this text clearly. What is clear means that when Christian dies or asleep on this earth, his soul does not die but lives but separate from its body. And this is referred in our studies, the intermediate state. This 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 Baptist. This what you believe in. That when you die, your soul will go directly to heaven to be with the Lord. And we call it an intermediate state, intermediate state because it is the soul be with the Lord until the resurrection. That time. We'll talk about it. What will you be doing in heaven in the next sermon? On eschatology. But you must know that when we die, when we, we the soul separate, we don't just hover around. Our soul immediately goes to heaven. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and Philippians 1 24 attests to the statement that intermediate state involves a conscious, peaceful existence in heaven with Jesus between physical death and resurrection of the body. The believer's soul is translated immediately into the presence of Jesus in heaven upon physical death. That, that is clear. That is clear. You continue to live even when your body decays, decomposes. Church, remember, because I need to emphasize this so that you believe that death is not the end. After all, it's a new beginning. I want to emphasize this to you. Remember, church, Stephana in Acts 7, uh, verse 59, Stephanus, when he was stoned to death, listen to what he said. While he was stoned to death, he cried out to Jesus, whom he saw in heaven, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Ah! Wow. If you are not encouraged by this, and I'm leaving you alone. Wow. A person is stoned to death, you know. The Jewish people are specialists on stoning. When you do something wrong, they will stone you to death. They won't even miss. I know a survivor, the lady who was accused of adultery. Carrying stones. But Stefano, he said, No, forgive them. Receive my spirit. Again, if you are not convinced. Do you remember the repentant thief on the cross? Luke 23, verse 43. Jesus promised him, Truly I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. That night. There was one pastor who put it nicely. And, and the theologians, when they arrived there, and, uh, and, and the, the pastors, came there in heaven and they found him, this thief, and said, hey, what puts you here? And he, his only answer was that, the man on the cross. 
the men on the cross. But but you didn't do theology. You you you. We have never seen you in church. I know my relatives were killed by you, but he said, but the man on the cross said I should come. What a wonderful grace, unmerited favor. Ah, it's nice to be a Christian. It's nice to believe in Jesus Christ. Children of the living God, when death occurs on a Christian, the body is buried while the soul is taken immediately to heaven. I wanted to emphasize. So, there is a we pronoun that we see in every text. Verse 14, 15 twice, 17 twice. We. Appearing twice in 15 and 17. Inclined that Paul with his brothers in Christ were expecting the event to happen anytime soon at that time during their writing. They lived a life pleasing to the Lord, living a prayerful life and sacrificial life. We also have to an obligation to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because this is imminent. It can happen anytime, Pastor Joan. It can happen anytime, Pastor Luke. It will, can happen anytime, brothers and sisters. It can. So we must be alert. Church, here, here, preference will be given to those who fallen asleep. Where? In verse 15 it says, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. No, no, no. Yeah. Preference will be given to those who are asleep. Our loved ones, our Christians who pass on, they will see the Lord first. Huh? They will see the Lord first. Because they are in the intermediate state, they will come with him. And their bodies will be resurrected. And their bodies will be glorified. Spiritual, they will be with him before those who are alive on that day could join them. The word rapture is there in verse 17. Caught up. You see, when Paul said it is in the in the absence of our body and presence in the presence of the Lord. If I pass on today, you must not share a tear. Of course, you can share a tear because you won't see me. But what you could do is to, to, to down, work hard and work on your faith and work on your, your evangelism and work on that so that we meet again. So when you die, if I pass on, I tell my wife, if I pass on, Immediately I'll be excited in the in, in heaven. My soul will be there meeting both Abraham and Helen and others. And you'll be here suffering with health, curses, poverty, load shaking, and all that. It's beautiful to die as a Christian, knowing that your life begins. 
who sought sorrow, no hell knowing the life begins of eternity. The reality that I want to speak about is the reality of being caught up on the air with Christ. The Bible says in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet God, and the dead in Christ will arise first. Listen to it. The dead in Christ will rise first. Ah, what a lovely way. You know, I could preach this for the whole year. The dead in Christ will rise first. You could see on the sound of the trumpet. This is not happening for the first time, Pastor. When, when people were on the Mount Sinai, they heard the, the sound of a trumpet and they wanted to see the Lord and they could not speak to him. They said, no, Moses, speak to, to the Lord, we'll hear from you. That is the kind of environment when you will be coming there. Let me simplify the flow of the events. Let, let me do it for the sake of all of us. The Lord will descend but with a familiar signal, the sound of the trumpet, and followed by the resurrection of the Christians who pass on. Then alive in Christ, those who will be living by that time will be caught up with the whole glorified church. That is what called rapture. It's imminent. That's why Paul is including himself, we. He thought it would happen any day, anytime soon. Church, is it not this amazing? Is it not amazing? Is it just imagining seeing our fellow Christian who went to, to be with the Lord? Imagine that. Meeting my two brothers, meeting my dad, Believers meeting all pastors who left, eh? meeting the old lady who used to evangelize me there in theology in the seminar. Just imagine that, our loved ones. Is this something we should not hope for? This is not something that we should not ignore. We should not ignore. Never ignore this. Is this reality of resurrection not something we should encourage one another about? Those who are shaking in backsliding, is it not what we should encourage one another about so that we can stand strong? He holds us fast, we said. He holds us fast. Is it not what we should encourage each other? We should encourage one another of these heavenly realities, particularly the death and the resurrection of Christ that will enable Christians who are asleep to be resurrected. I'm super encouraged, you can see. I'm excited to be of the same faith with Apostle Paul and fellow believers in this church. 
I'm so excited about this news. This true reality. Wow! Who can deny this? Who can ignore this? Then we, who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Those who are alive when that event happens, when rapture happens, will be caught up. So the whole world, the whole earth that we know to be, will be without Christians, will be without the church. The whole universal church will be in heaven. And our hope and our prayer and our wish is that all of us who are here should be part of that universal church. How wonderful will it be when we meet familiar, glorified bodies, eh? souls that we, we came to church together. Maybe the term that we use, rapture, is not clearly clarified. Rapture is clearly clarified here in verse 17 to be caught up. And that generally the word is used that Christians, the universal church, will be raptured. Will be raptured. And, and you think it's something very far. It is you. I, you. A person next to you who believe in the, the resurrection of Christ. The death and resurrection. Yourself will be part of that church. You. It's nobody else. You. Help me to remind somebody next to you. Just tell him, her or him, you, you, you. The fourth reality is the reality of Christian physical presence with the Lord. What will happen in verse 17 is saying to us, when we are caught up, it, is not, it does not end there. It says, it says, verse 17, Then who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Yes, we are in the presence of the Holy Spirit all the time. He never left us as orphans. We are with the Holy Spirit. But this time also, we'll be with the Son and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity, when you are caught up on that day, it's coming. It's coming. Revelation 22 clearly indicates that day is coming. So, do not confuse the rapture. I must say this as I conclude. Do not con confuse the events of the First Thessalonians chapter 4 from 30 to 80, particularly verse 17. Do not confuse it with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I see many Christians who, who is ignorant, who are ignorant of the way. They, they want to be there in the second coming. Hey, let me warn you. Don't miss rapture. Because that time, that time, is the time 
where those who have been beheaded think about the rapture from today think about being caught up think about this the being being in verse 17 all the time as a believer in Christ if you are like a member of the Christ Baptist Church of Mukopan always think about Thessalonians don't miss that day don't want to be in that I'll talk about it when the day comes so the reality is that the ultimate hope of any true Christian is to be with the Lord forever therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that the Lord your labor is not in vain don't shift an inch stay with us let's encourage each other modify I know Pastor Lucas is leaving when he leaves don't leave us stand with us stand fast with the weight encourage each other so that when one day we decide to visit him he see us together that's what Jesus Christ prayed for in, in John 17 I prayed for those who are going to believe he was referring to us verse 20 that they will be in one soul they will be united this is the time that we are united so that when Pastor Lucas also leaves he leaves knowing that we are one thing I'm, I'm, I'm cutting my message because I want to conclude the implication of what Apostle Paul said in this letter and other letters 2nd Corinthians 1st Corinthians chapter 15 when he clarified the resurrection we'll speak about it I said this is a series I start with what is imminent which is rapture so Paul is saying it is that for Christians resurrection is better than intermediate state which is better than life in a fallen world that, that, that is the implication of what Paul is saying the implication is that when they talk about death when you are, you are, you are threatened about being killed you must embrace that because it's the beginning of an everlasting beautiful world without when cancer amass you and you go to the doctor and you work and a day comes that you, you pass on look at God and I believe that the one who left you is with the Lord he's in a better place he's in a better place there's no traffic there's no accident there's nothing like insult it's beautiful words they will be singing hymns huh? you know when you are on the other side you are no longer a Christian you are, a, you are with him <laughs> you are with him physically so you, you are his heir you are a child of God 
You'll be, you will come with you on the throne. You'll be ruling with him in, in the next 1,000 years. I'll preach about that. So, what's then? Question. What is for us Christian, especially Christ Baptist Church? What are the lessons learned among others? If rapture is imminent and there are great rewards awaiting us. One, this is what to take home. We are not to fear death as believers, but embrace it. Why? Because it brings us closer and in the presence of Christ our Lord Savior, our intercessor and, and our advocate. The second part, we are to look forward to this being caught up, this rapture. Why? Because we will be clothed again with our physical but glorified bodies. We'll be clothed with new bodies. New bodies. Third point, we are to continue sanctifying ourselves with the word of God and loving each other as brothers and sisters while waiting for rapture. Why? Because of the hope of glory. Sanctifying with the washing ourselves with the word of God. That's what we have to do. The last point that I want you to take home on the 9th of October. Lastly, living a, a life, living a life pleasing to the Lord God while patiently waiting. Why? Because he is coming again for the church. And he's coming soon. And very soon. Because the rapture is imminent. The coming of the Lord, the catching up of the church is imminent. And it's going to happen. Scripture teaches that we are to live in the state of constant readiness and expectation regarding the coming of the Lord. We are to watch. We are to be awake. Because this event in Thessalonica, this event in First Thessalonians, chapter 4 verse 13 to 18 this event that is reflected clearly in verse 17 of that chapter 4 is imminent and that pastor lucas is the gospel truth let us pray oh dear god we we had you You, you have encouraged us with your word. You have also given instruction through your word, with your word, through the Son. We thank you, Lord, that we had an opportunity, like the people in Thessalonica, to hear the clarity on the coming of Jesus Christ and how will it happen 
and who will benefit out of that. Father, we believe and trust and hope because we are people of hope that will be part of those who will be raptured. We will be part of those who will be caught up. We will be seated on the right hand of the Father with our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you continuously hold us fast. We continuously present our bodies as a living sacrifice so that when that happens, we become part of the universal church. As I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.